And we know that yesterday there were varied opinions yesterday as that vision had emerged of protesters following the Chief Minister setting up amateur social media opportunities as they protested fracking while the Chief Minister was attempting to run the West Max Monster on the weekend. Now the Chief Minister joins me in the studio right now. Good morning to you. Good morning Katie. Good morning listeners. Now Chief Minister, um, you seem pretty shaken by that incident from the vision that I've seen. Um, do you feel it was appropriate for those protesters to follow you around the course while you took part in that event? No, Katie. Harassment is never okay. And I felt really terrible for the event organisers. They put on such a professional event. There was other competitors that were impacted. And I think, Katie, I make myself really accessible. I love being a part of the community. I love attending community events. I chose in my own time to train for that event. I absolutely get I'm the Chief Minister. I'm always on duty. But I just think it went too far and it was harassment. Look, I can see that it is still something that has affected you and I think uh, the part that I didn't like about it is I understand that if they were at the finish line and wanted to protest, I think that that's fair game. You know, that is something that they're well and truly entitled to do. But what what people may not sort of understand about the West Max Monster is that you're quite often in different areas, totally on your own. Uh, It's not like a normal fun run where there are other people around you. So to then feel as though or, or actually be getting followed, um, I I just thought it crossed a line. And I know that uh, when you're in the public eye, you have to be prepared that not everybody's going to agree with what you do. They're going to be angry at you at different times, but there is a time and a place. Katie, I I take that. I I make myself very accessible. I don't mind people stopping me when I'm out and about in the community and I can then direct them best, you know, how we can try and help them with their concern or for me to hear their feedback. But on the West Max, you have no phone range. You are going up and down hills. You are on a, you know, a trail. And I just think it was inappropriate. um, And I was, you know, felt terrible that it took away from the event. It was unsportsmanlike and I think, quite frankly, unterritorian. Look, I know um, that there are a lot of concerns this morning still when you talk about So I want to move along to that because that is something that a lot of people are very worried about. Um, And there was an attack on a cab driver in broad daylight on Temple Terrace on Monday. It was just after midday. This driver uh, had a knife thrown at him, shattering the window of that taxi. The attack and others have left industry members feeling very worried about their safety. Blue Taxi's Helen Parchos saying to Nine News Darwin last night that they feel like no one's there to protect drivers and... And no one's looking out for them, that it is not safe at work. What is the government doing to keep people like Dave, that victim, safe? Katie, and that was a, a terrible incident and we're doing everything we can to make sure that we keep our community safe and we're working right across government, not just you know waiting for the police. We're trying to stop the behaviours before they happen. We're working on that knife strategy. I think having a strategy is really important, making sure that we have a whole of government response to stamp out knife crime in our community with involvement from police, education, mental health and others. Now, on that, the Acting Police Commissioner last week flagged those changes when it comes to knife crime. We know that officers have been sent into state to look at what Queensland are doing. When can we expect to actually see some movement on that? Because I think a lot of people feeling right now that the government's looking at a lot of things or reviewing different things, but not actually taking the action that's needed. No, Katie, I get that sense of urgency. And so we're looking at around the knife crime and what changes were made in Queensland and what we would 
do here in the Territory because that's quite specific around precincts, but I think it is certainly in the feedback I've had from our police is that they um, feel it, it may be something useful in the Territory. The second part, Katie, is that bail review and that work is happening with a sense of urgency. We've got Parliament at the end of July, um, which I know is still some weeks away, but I'm hoping that that work can um, start to give us some information, start to wrap up so that if we did need to make legislative changes, we could potentially, we've got July and August sittings very close together. So there's a real sense of urgency from us. So end of July, hopefully we're going to see some legislative changes when it comes to that review into bail laws. So Katie, we're doing a full review into the bail weapons offences. And for me, I think that that end of July sittings is a time frame if we need to make those changes and the review will showcase that to us. I mean, surely what has happened over recent months does demonstrate to you that we need to make some changes. Like, I know that you are somebody who is out there that cares about the community. Um, Like, surely from what you are seeing, based on the terrible, terrible situations that we are seeing, particularly with knife crime, that you feel this needs to happen sooner rather than later. I just want to make it clear to the listeners, Katie, in terms of bail, both police and the courts cannot issue bail. So there's absolutely protections there right now, but it's looking into these intricacies around the presumption and around which offences and which types of behaviours. So we have strong laws already, but if we need to do more, we will. So what specifically do you think there could be some strengthening on? So Katie, when you look at the offences around weapons, you've got controlled, prohibited, um, and so it's looking at where the different classifications set and also making sure that we don't inadvertently make changes because um, unfortunately people that perpetrate these crimes can use any type of object so we need to make sure that it's practical and that's where I come back to that point that police and the courts if they feel someone is a danger to the community they cannot issue bail. I mean there are situations though where in a lot of normal people's eyes, there are people that are out on bail that simply shouldn't be. Like, it doesn't meet the public's expectations. So how do you measure up the changes, the review that you're looking into, to make sure that it actually meets the expectations of the community? Because people are pretty broken. I think, Katie, that police absolutely work extremely hard. They understand the community's expectation and we're giving no them more resources. That. No one's And, I, and it and really this... irks me, actually, when the government says that, you know, the like that go, you fall back on that because everybody knows the police are working very hard. No one's disputing that. What they're wondering is if they have got all of the measures and all of the tools in their belt that they need to do their jobs, but also that offenders that shouldn't be out on bail aren't let out on bail by the courts. And Katie, sorry, that was the point that I was getting to. For me, it's about making sure that police have all the tools to do their job. And in the budget, there was significant money in there for justice, domestic and family violence. We know that that sadly is a large part of this, but making sure there's the money there... To, for corrections to make sure that people are in prison, they're being held on remand, but they're also going through the programs so that they don't just come back out and continue the same behaviours, which makes our community unsafe. All right, so just to go back to that review into the bail laws, you are hoping that it will be complete and that by the July, the end of July sittings, that if there needs to be legislative changes, that that's when they'll be introduced. Katie, correct. It's not something that's going to drag on till the end of the year. We absolutely get that sense of urgency from the community. Now, let me ask you about uh, that the knife, um, you know, the different measures then with the knife 
crime. How soon can we expect some changes there? So in terms of knife crime, this is something we've seen as an emerging issue around the world and different um, jurisdictions, different cities have taken a knife crime strategy um, and so it's looking at a number of factors. So the Attorney General is undertaking that work. So that's separate to the bail review. But would it be something because when when I spoke to the Acting Police Commissioner last week, he had said that that body of work is happening but there may need to be legislative changes. So Katie, there's two parts to that. There's a knife crime strategy work, but there's also Queensland have made changes and Northern Territory Police are, have been across to Queensland meeting with counterparts, looking at those changes that they made around preventing knife crime. And so we're also looking into that and that's um, quite down the path, that work. What's the time frame? Uh, I would have to get advice um, from police on that, Katie. But that work is around um, precincts and so you'd have an area, so the Darwin CBD, for example, the Casuarina Bus Interchange Square area, maybe the Palmerston CBD. So it's focusing on a precinct where you do see um, higher rates of this type of behaviour and how we can support police to give them the tools to stop the behaviours before it ends up being um, a crime committed. Now, yesterday on the show, the member for Solomon, Luke Gosling, said he wants to see more done when it comes to youth diversion. He said that people are asking him why we don't have somewhere like Wildman River uh, and he's having discussions with the Federal Attorney General about something like this. Has he had discussions with you about this and are we going to see some additional youth diversion facilities? So Katie, we have been talking to the Commonwealth, including um, Luke Gosling, the member for Solomon. We've got the Barclay Youth Work Camp and that's a facility that we've been building down in the Barclay. So it is um, a facility where young people will be held, um, but they can participate in meaningful activities and be out there repaying back to the community. So that facility I anticipate will open in the next couple of months. I'd have to get you a specific time frame. Um, so that's something that provides that. Obviously, we're building a new Dondale youth detention facility. Obviously, we've got a range of diversion programs with different providers, but that's a physical facility that young people can either be held on remand or be sent to. I took from the discussion with Luke Gosling yesterday that he's talking about something additional. So he's talking about something up here in the top end. Absolutely open to more locations, Katie. And when you look at the diversion programs that we've got, that can be the court-ordered diversion or police diversion, we do have a number of providers that utilise different facilities and we'd be very open to more. Are you still planning to raise the age of criminal responsibility? Because I know that that's something that gets asked all the time. And are those programs actually in place to support that happening? Because, again, a lot of people are feeling like they can't see it. The programs have to be in place before we can make that change, Katie, we are working towards that and this is around making sure, because what we see is young people are charged with the courts, it goes through the process of police getting all the evidence and it gets to court and they're found to be dollar incapaz, so not having a cognitive understanding of what has happened and it gets thrown out. We want to make sure that young people, if they commit an offence, that they understand the consequences of their behaviour immediately. Now, um, another question that I've got, obviously this $20,000 relocation uh, announced by the uh the Acting Police Commissioner, Michael Murphy, last week. How's that going to be funded? So, Katie, we're really focused on retention. We've got amazing police officers. We want to retain them. We want to make sure that we've got a professional, flexible um, EBA and workforce that supports them. We also want to get back some officers that we may have recently had leave the force, and we want to attract people to the Territory. And so the Commissioner has the ability, the Acting Commissioner, um, to provide, um, you, you know, making sure that he can help people relocate and provide some cash bonuses to get them here so he's got that ability. So current or new funding? Uh, Katie there was new funding 
funding for police in the budget, but um, my understanding is he currently has that ability and there's there's funding there. Okay, so it not needing additional funding from the Northern Territory Government at this point? If we need to provide police with more funding because they are recruiting more police officers and retaining more police officers, we will do that, but he's got that power within his existing budget. Now, where are things at with the recruitment of uh, a new police commissioner? So, Katie, I think it's not far off from being advertised. It'll go through an independent recruitment process. And so when do you anticipate that we'll know who the police commissioner is going to be, like by the end of the year or sooner? Oh, I would hope sooner, Katie. I think it's um, important that we do provide that certainty for our police force. But as I said, it'll go through an independent recruitment process. Now, a massive issue that we spoke about last week is school counsellors. There's been moves to have a model which sees those really important school counsellors covering a number of different schools, sort of roving, I guess you might say, uh, moved out of locations like Casuarina Senior College. It's a real concern for the students. Um, they actually came on the show last week, a couple of them, and spoke to me and spoke about the concerns that they've got, as did NT Cogzo. And I've got to tell you, we were we had a lot of parents in contact with us saying, Katie, those school counsellor jobs are so incredibly important, uh, you know, that they have helped out enormously with their children. Um, so where are we moving to with this? Has the department made a wrong step? So, Katie, as a former teacher, I've seen firsthand how a school counsellor based in a school can support young people and a really important role. So the Minister for Education is watching this very closely. I think part of the issue is there's a national shortage of qualified professionals to support the mental health of young people, and that's a separate issue that's being addressed. What the department have done is they're trying to make sure that more young people have access to these counsellors. But, Katie, we are watching this very closely because it has to work for our schools, our young people and their families. Yeah, the concern that I've got is that we're going, okay, we want more young people to have access to the school counsellors, but there's not actually enough of them. So what we're doing is making it a half-assed job, for want of a better word, where you've sort of got one school counsellor trying to cover too many schools to be able to forge a relationship with students. So, Katie, my understanding is some schools have got counsellors themselves because schools have additional um, budget that they can utilise to different things. Other schools have got wellbeing programs and so making sure that we're broadly providing that mental health support and then those young people that do need to see a qualified counsellor, that those counsellors are available to them whilst they're recruiting more people to the position. So... Are these changes definitely going to go ahead or do you realistically think that, you know, that there does need to be some further discussion here to make sure that the model actually suits our kids? To ensure that our kids' well-being is paramount. Correct, Katie. And the department, as I understand, is um, undertaking ongoing consultation. So they are trying to recruit so that we've got more resources. But they do need to listen to those schools and the parents and the young people themselves. Yeah, look, I mean, 30-odd school counsellors for 150 schools, I think, we've got around the Northern Territory. To me, it just does not seem enough. Katie, I think that it's around making sure that there is well-being and mental health support programs across all of our schools and then we also have school counsellors coming in that's an important role so it's a making sure that there's a range of resources to support young people it's not easy being a teenager now i want to move on because this situation involving colleen gwynn uh it's uh, it's an interesting one and in a report by matt cunningham from sky news it was reported that police said the whole job is gone but kept investigating her for over 16 months after now four detectives cased her home uh tapped her phone, bugged her office, all over an employment matter. Do you have any idea how much that cost? 
Katie, any questions in relation to that would have to be directed to police. I mean, do you think that it's appropriate? Katie, I'm very restricted in what I can say. Miss Gwen is a public servant. She's on a period of leave um, and of absence to consider her next steps and there's an acting children's commissioner, but questions around that matter should be directed to police. I mean, why do you think, though, police were putting so much effort into this when we know across the board we have got so much... So many issues with crime. It seems as though it is a, um, you know, it, it's it's been a mass amount of work and we've, you know, then got situations where different other crimes are going uninvestigated. Katie, it is from a few years ago, but that would be questions better placed to police. From your perspective, um, do you think it's appropriate though? Uh, Katie, I need to be very careful with my comments here as Miss Gwen is a public servant who is on a leave of absence and police um, would be able to answer those questions. What is going to be the situation then with the Children's Commissioner role? So she's um, taking that extended leave of absence to consider her next steps and as I said, there's an acting commissioner. But so she could step back into that role? So Katie, that would be questions for, for her and the relevant agency. Would you be happy enough to welcome her back though? Katie, I think that um, she's taking the time to consider her steps and we need to support her with that. All right. Um, I want to ask you, I believe that there's going to be a funding announcement shortly this morning around the NAIF, the Northern Australia Infrastructure Fund. What what can we expect or are you able to give us any detail at this point? Katie, always like to give you a little bit of breaking news, but um, we're um, working with the Commonwealth Government. So the North Australia Infrastructure Fund um, will contribute up to $50 million through the Territory Infrastructure Loans and the NT Government through our Local Jobs Fund is going to put in over $16 million for two years. So local businesses, can apply for these loans to help them. And this is around getting these unique projects, Katie, off the ground. It's about jobs for Territorians. And so they might not be able to get a loan through a bank um, or normal lending practices because it is innovative, it's different, it might have a higher risk, where this um, provides them with that ability to get quite a contribution so that we can see these projects come off the ground in the Territory. All right, we all, I think we're all looking forward to and certainly hoping some of those further projects do get off the ground. Chief Minister Natasha Files, we'll leave it there. Thank you. Take care.